minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Tuesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
In the AM. Good morning and welcome to 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org, and of course on the NSN app, where you can comment on anything going on on this radio program. It's a three weeks format Tuesday here at JM in the AM. Big thank you to uh, everybody who uh, had a role in the amazing week of broadcast that we brought to you from the Holy Land. It was just such a uh, wonderful and awe-inspiring set of broadcasts that began with our friends at Nefesh B'Nefesh. I don't have to tell this audience how inspiring that day can be when you're flying with and then helping to celebrate with hundreds of Olim on the Nefesh B'Nefesh charter flight. And uh, continuing with our friends at Rigavim, a serious outfit when it comes to the future of the state of Israel and uh, making sure that Israel stays as Jewish as possible. Thursday and Friday, our NCSY Kolel and Yom NCSY programs that were so emotional, so inspirational, being together with uh, thousands of Jewish youth, and their parents and guests and those who were in Israel at the time, uh, celebrating and being inspired and listening to the words of Miriam Peretz and celebrating with Shlomo Katz and Benny Friedman. It was really a, an extra special Thursday and Friday for us, or for what was then Wednesday night and Thursday night. And uh, then yesterday we had the opportunity to uh, bring you the broadcast we did from Yeshiva Makar Chaim, where some amazing people are leading hundreds of uh, Israeli high school youth uh, with a unique exchange program with the Yeshiva University High School here in uh, Washington Heights, MTA, and one with a South African school as well. And um, having Racheli Frankel on from the school that was the school of her son, Naftali, and her older son as well, uh, and speak about um, being a parent there at Makar Chaim, and in general, her role over the last two years in the worldwide Jewish community was just unbelievable. So I thank everybody who had a uh, a part in all of this. It was a uh, an incredible journey, and the one that we will uh, not quickly forget. Uh, in terms of yesterday, I must thank uh, Benjamin Siegel, who opened up our three weeks format yesterday morning, and I'll say happy birthday, Benjamin. And I want to thank uh, Mayor Fertig, who on this end uh, came through heroically for us as well. So thank you very much, Mayor. And um, we had an amazing staff, incredible people in Israel with us. Uh, Miriam L. Wallach, Jamie Turkel, ZK, Elon Katz, the Hassan who's getting married in a few weeks, uh, all helping us uh, uh, during our 
journey to Israel and really putting together an incredible an incredible week. That really goes to Mary Mel Wallach. I mean, she just put together an incredible week of broadcasts and uh, what ended up being a very inspiring one for so many listeners. And I thank all of you, all of you for the comments and for the uh, incredible reaction to what we've done as we try to um, uh, promote and produce and uh, deliver as much high-quality programming as possible, stuff you would not get anywhere else. And that is an understatement. You would never get it anywhere else. So I thank all of you for the reaction to the shows. It's much appreciated. It's a JM and the AM Tuesday with 73 degrees outside, 89% humidity, Windsor West, 6 miles per hour. Sunny today with a high of 95. Hopefully none of those flash flood uh, storms that we had yesterday. <laughs> That's how we were greeted. Landed Kennedy Airport and basically within five minutes of getting into the cab, uh, all of a sudden we are in the midst of this insane downpour. Partly cloudy tonight, a low of 73. Tomorrow, sunshine, a high temperature, 92 degrees. Yerushalayim is at 86. Up in Guilford, New York, where we hear our friends at Camp Missouri continue to have an amazing and incredible summer. They're at 66 degrees, heading up to 82. We're at 73 here in Jersey City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. Ellie Gerstner in the Chevra had a lecha. You heard Hazinu and Miadir done by Kolish, a.k.a. Pella. They had Umacha 613 with Mihaish. Yaf Yafisa done by A.K.A. Pella and Regesh, of course, Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. So it is a three weeks format. We are uh, we are in it. We are uh, presenting a cappella and uh, slow selections for you during our three weeks format till we get to the nine days. This is the part of the summer that uh, gives us an opportunity to really concentrate on some interesting and um, and fascinating programs, including the event that's coming up on August 2nd, Project Witness. We'll have a chance to speak to Mrs. Lichtenstein later on in the 8 o'clock hour here at JM in the AM. Bike for Chai is next week. We'll give you an update on that and tell you how you can help uh, get them to record-breaking numbers, which it seems they are getting to every single year, which is pretty remarkable and incredible. So we'll talk about Bike for Chai and... Um, and that's that. I want to give a special Mazel Tov and a special thank you. He was also one of the unsung heroes of this past uh, couple of days. And a Mazel Tov to Matis Weingast, who presented the 200th edition of JM Sunday this past Sunday. And he is on Shavasar Batamos, or at least the day we observed as a Shavasar Batamos. And he is uh, so dedicated for all these years to everything we do. And I thank him and everybody who had a role in our uh, wonderful week in the Holy Land. Much appreciated. 22 minutes before 7 o'clock on a Tuesday as we continue at 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial, around the world on the web, jmnam.org, and of course on the NSN app.
J.M. in the A.M. Al Naros Bavel, done by the Yeshiva Boys, off of the CD entitled Amain. Aleinu, before that, done by the Maccabees. Al Kane Sion uh, was from the Songs of Jerusalem album. It's a Tuesday, and this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, broadcasting live. In the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org, and of course on the NSN app. Got Galit Tzal in the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. That was an interesting moment when uh, when uh, one of the students of Makar Chaim was cited during yesterday's program as being one of the producers at Galit Tzal. And we were able to inform the people at Mark McCar Chaim that we air Galitzal every single weekday morning here at JM in the AM. That was nice. I want to thank those who are reacting to our journey to Israel and all the amazing things we were able to bring you through these airwaves. Uh, keep in mind that the archive section of jmtheam.org and, of course, on the NSN app are available constantly. You could uh, go back and listen in to some of the amazing shows that we did uh, while we were away. Special thank you to our friends at Nefesh Benefesh and Regavim and, of course, NCSY and Makar Chaim and the Inbal Hotel and everybody who made our broadcast possible from all the different locations. It was um, quite an inspiring journey, to say the least, and I'm glad we were able to share it with everybody here at JM in the AM. The next Nefesh Benefesh flight, the next charter flight, takes place two days after Tisha B'Av. I'm sure we'll have a chance before that to speak about the uniqueness of the August flight as they are expecting an enormous number, thank God, of alone soldiers who are heading straight to the IDF to be on that flight and to be celebrating uh, through the skies over the Atlantic before they get to Ben Gurion and, of course, celebrating in Tel Aviv after they land at the airport, which is such an amazing feeling. A minute after 7 o'clock, Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Tuesday follows next. We say Boker Toe from JMN. אירוע הטרור בצרפת, המשטרה המקומית מחפשת אחר מטעני חבלה באזור הכנסייה בנורמנדי, שבה הוחזקו בני הערובה. כתבנו נתנאל דרשן. במשרדו של שר הפנים הצרפתי נמסר כי כוחות מיוחדים של המשטרה עורכים חיפושים אחר מטעני נפץ אפשריים באזור הכנסייה בנורמנדי. לפי שעה ידוע על כומר אחד שגורנו שוצף על ידי החמושים, וכן על אדם נוסף שנאבק על חייו. שני החמושים חוסלו, ומשטרת צרפת פתחה בחקירת האירוע. ובתוך כך המתרבות התגובות למתקפה, ראש ממשלת צרפת ואלס מסר כי מדובר בפיגוע רצחני ומתועב. הנשיא צרפת הולן נמצא כעת בדרכו לכנסייה, ושם צפוי למסור הצהרה. האפיפיור פרנסיסקוס גינה את המתקפה ואמר כי הוא חש כאב וזעזוע על מותו של הכומר וכי מדובר בפשע נורא עוד יותר מפני שהוא נעשה במקום קדוש. אישה כבת 40 נמצאה ללא רוח חיים כשהגופה סימני ירי בבית בכפר בעיינה של יד כרמיאל. מותה נקבע במקום. מעצרם של חמשת המורים החשודים בהתעללות בתלמידים במוסד חינוכי תורני בתל אביב הוארך בתשעה ימים. בחקירתם כינו התלמידים את המוסד ברגן בלזן, כתבנו איתמר קציר. בהחלטתה ציינה השופטת כי החשודים השליטו במוסד אווירה של פחד וטרור. נציג המשטרה סיפר לה כי אחד החשודים ביצע מעשי סדום בעשרות ילדים קטנים, היכה אותם ואף הכניס אותם למקפיא, בעוד החשודים האחרים היכו את המכות רצח בשיטות שונות במשך שנים. בעקבות פרסום הפרשה בתקשורת הגיעו עוד ילדים למסור עדות נגד המורים, החוקר הוסיף ואמר לשופטת, אלה מעשים שגם הסדיסט הכי גדול לא היה חושב עליהם. 
הדיון בערעור המשטרה על ההחלטה לשלוח למעצר בית את הרב אליעזר ברלנד, החשוד שביצע מעשים מגונים בנשים מקהילתו, החל לפני זמן קצר. א', המיודדת עם רבות מהמתלוננות וחברה לשעבר בחסידות, הביעה תקווה שהערעור יתקבל. היא שוחחה עם יעל דן. בערך 70% יודעים, אבל הם מחזיקים את המעשים שלו, כמו שאמרתי, אבל אין להם דרך חייבים לפטר. יש עוד איזה אחוז גבוה שחי בהכחסה. פרשת המעצרים של אוהדי בית"ר ירושלים, עורכי הדין משה אורן ושרית גולן שטיינברג, המייצגים עצורים מארגון לה פמיליה, אומרים, העבירות המיוחסות לאוהדים מופרכות. כל חטאו זה זה שהוא רואה את קבוצת הכדורגל בית"ר ירושלים, מכאן ועד להפוך אותו לעבריין, זה מרחיק לכת, מדובר בבחור נורמטיבי, עובד בעבודה מסודרת. אין לו שום קשר לעבירות. החשודים כמובן מכחישים כל קשר למיוחס להם. עצרו אותם במהלך הלילה, עשו פשיטות על הבתים, וכפי שידוע לכולנו, יש כמות גדולה של עצורים בסיפור הזה. אצל החשודים שלי בבית לא מצאו שום דבר, לא החרימו שום דבר. כתבנו קובי מנדל מזכיר כי סוכן סמוי של המשטרה שפעל במשך כחצי שנה בארגון, הוא שהביא הלילה למעצרם של 56 אוהדים, החשודים כיהגרו אמצעי לחימה אסורים ובהם רימוני הלם וגז, וכן אבוקות. האם תקציב המדינה הקרוב יהיה תקף למשך שלוש שנים? מנכ"ל האוצר שי באבד העריך כך בשיחה עם רינו צרור. תקציב הוא תוכנית עבודה שמגישה הממשלה לכנסת במטרה לאשר את תוכנית העבודה הכלכלית של מדינת ישראל לשנה הקרובה. במקרה הזה מדובר לא על שנה, מדובר על שנתיים, ויכול להיות דרך אגב רינו שגם מדובר על שלוש שנים הקרובות, כי יכול להיות שתקציב 19 כבר לא יעבור. התחזית עלייה נוספת בטמפרטורות יהיה חם מרגיל ולח מאוד במישור החוף. אלה החדשות שעורכת יערה שפירא. בחסות רשת מחסני חשמל Oh uh-huh. 
7.30 in the morning with Beat Dachon and Ashrei. You heard the Chabad Choir before that. Atay Achad was done by Shalshelis Jr. The Maccabees had Arim Roshi. And you heard Al Zehaya from the Songs of Jerusalem album. Acapella format, three weeks. JM in the AM on this Tuesday with 73 degrees, sunshine, and a high temperature of 95, believe it or not. It's pretty amazing. 
Uh, we'll talk about Bike for Chai coming up. Special guest with us live via telephone. We will speak about that coming up right here at JM in the AM. First, by David Goldwasser's words, Yechanish Basar of Zeb and Alevi, and Esther Basar of Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Was in Tammuz 33:32. It did not pertain to Yerushalayim. However, in Elul of the following year, the Nevuah concerning the Chorban of the Beis Hamikdash, the destruction of the Holy Temple, was revealed. At that time, Yirmiyo was accused of treason because his Nevuah was somewhat demoralizing. Yirmiyo was then cast into a dungeon, but Sidkiyo Amelech saved him. Yirmiyo was born on Tishabov. It was disturbing to him, as he had to be the one who would be the Novi of destruction, especially as it concerned his people and the land that he loved so much. The first attack on the Beis Hamikdash was led by one of the ministers of Nebuchadnezzar. On the 7th of Av, which fell out on an Arab Shabbos, the enemy entered into the Beis Hamikdash, where they staged a great feast and then vandalized the Beis Hamikdash. On the day of Tisha B'Av itself, the Beis Hamikdash was set aflame and the fire burned for 24 hours. A small group of Jews remained in Yehuda. Many died of disease or were killed. A number were taken into exile to Bovel. Others fled to France, Germany and Spain. In the year 3742, Hordes began the rebuilding of the Beis Hamikdash. As is recounted in Masech Baba Basra, this was 334 years later. The Beis Hamikdash was in a bad state of disrepair. Even though Baba Ben Buta, one of the Tanoim, made the suggestion, the Bnei Yisrael were suspicious of Hordes' offer. Knowing the havoc that he wreaked in Klal Yisrael, they were afraid it was just another evil scheme of Hordes. In the year 3750, the Beis Hamikdash was completed, and Hordes placed a large golden eagle above the entrance of the Beis Hamikdash. Sometime later, as Hordus lay dying, the rumor spread that he had already died. Some Tamidei Chachomim then went and tore down the Golden Eagle. This was an affront from the gates of the Beis Hamikdash. When the people were caught, they were brought to Hordus, who then had them burned. The second Beis Hamikdash was destroyed in 3829. The various factions in Yerushalayim, though they were impoverished and weak, all united to fight against the Romans. A Roman historian records that Titus was wounded during this fighting. Some of the Roman soldiers deserted to the Jewish side. They didn't believe they would be successful in conquering Yerushalayim. However, on the 17th of Tammuz, the walls were breached, and on Tishabov, 38-29, fire was set to the base of Mikdash. The three weeks are a very challenging period for us. We realize the magnitude of our loss and what has transpired during this time. Chazal suggests that during the three weeks, we take out time each day to do tshuva, repentance, and also to reflect on the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash and what life is in Golos, in the exile. It is important during this time that we hope and we pray for a glorious future, for the future in which the Beis Hamikdash will be rebuilt the third and final Beis Hamikdash, and we will see the coming of Mashiach Bimheira. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you Morning Chizik.
Have a nice day. JM in the AM on this Tuesday morning on the 3rd and 4th of August. On the 3rd and 4th of August, which is Wednesday, early morning next week through uh, Thursday, late afternoon, when we get a chance to be at the finish line. It is, in fact, the world's greatest finish line. We're speaking about Bike for Chai, which takes place over two days, 180 miles. Uh, over 5,000 families are served by Chai Lifeline each year, so it's an unbelievably worthwhile uh, fundraising effort. And there are over 430 children who get the summer of a lifetime at Camp Simcha, and that is, of course, where the uh, finish line will be. So far, uh, they are over $5 million. They are about to approach $5.1 million. If you go to the website, bikeforchai.com, you'll see the top five teams, the 100K Club, of which there are many other members, Triple High, Double High, etc., etc. As uh, this effort from across the spectrum continues to amaze everybody each and every year. The fundraising is simply unbelievable. And, of course, the uh, the ride itself is uh, one of the most um, inspiring and incredibly joyous events of the entire year. J.J. Isaac is with us live via telephone. J.J. survived four recurrences of deadly cancer, plus the amputation of his left leg without losing his zest for life, and his will to inspire others. He was first diagnosed at the age of 16. For the next six years, in and out of treatment, enduring chemotherapy and surgery, he lost his left leg, and finally, when the doctors were almost out of options, he was enrolled in an experimental protocol that boosted his immune system and saved his life. He's been in remission for the past three years, making the most of every single day. He learned of High Lifeline and Camp Simcha, its pioneering overnight camp for children and teens with cancer during his first hospitalizations. High Lifeline volunteers were regular visitors to his hospital room, keeping his spirits high despite the pain of treatment. That summer, he attended Camp Simcha for the first time, and he credits the camp with helping him to come out of a shell of fear and teaching him how to deal with challenges. Four years ago, J.J. Isaac was invited to address the cyclists of Bike for Chai in the evening before their great adventure. His role was to inspire them by illustrating the impact of Camp Simcha on his life. But he himself was inspired by the cyclist's sacrifices in training and months-long efforts to raise funds for High Lifeline. By the time he climbed onto a borrowed hand cycle to lead the cyclists onto the course, he had decided that he, too, would be a bike for high rider. He completed 90 miles the next year. By his third year, cycled 140 miles, including a grueling 14-hour tour on day one. And this year, J.J.'s hoping to go all the way. He knows that every mile is a victory. J.J. Isaac, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. Um, what 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 is it like when you're first diagnosed as a teenager, and it is difficult, I would assume, to to bring together all these positive feelings that eventually uh, you would feel as your uh, as this journey continues. Yeah, I mean the the positive feelings didn't you know they don't come so easy, but you know they're they're it's a process, it's a growth process, and we're. Thank God we're here now. But uh, how many years ago was that the first diagnosis? First diagnosis was in 2007. Uh, so it's nine years later, three years in remission, yeah. and right. um, and are you able to continuously keep a positive attitude about you? I try. That that's definitely the goal, and the goal is to give not only keep positive attitude myself, but to give positive attitude to everyone around me, and uh, to inspire people to do great things. From your vantage point, what is the what is what is the view of High Lifeline? We'll talk about Camp Simcha in a moment, but what is the view of High Lifeline as a patient? 
when you're in the hospital and the groups of people from the organization uh, exhibit care and concern and they want to be there and inspire you as best as they can what 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 is how does it look from your vantage point it's it's truly an, an unbelievable organization they really do they did and they continue to do so much for me and so many families so many kids they uh you know I'll just say just to illustrate I'll give you a story before uh when in the beginning when I was first diagnosed everything was such a whirlwind and such a you know a crazy time we didn't really know what was happening and what was going on and what to do and before we even knew what to ask for they were they were right there and they gave us so much chizuk and so much support and everything we needed that we didn't even know what we needed and they gave it to us and it was really a wonderful feeling to feel supported that way wow and it really made get got us through and Camp Simcha, what uh, what are your impressions when you go up there in terms of how it helps those who are in your type of situation? It's also truly an unbelievable experience. You know, they like to say that Camp Simcha is the happiest place on earth, and it truly is. It makes everyone who goes there, no matter how, no matter what their state is, no matter where they are, what they're up to in their treatments and their and whatever, they really. They make us happy. They they really bring us out of our, like I said, bring us out of our shells of fear, and they make us feel like kids again and feel like just regular kids having fun and enjoying life and making the most of every day. What's it like knowing that so many hundreds of people want to help out, want to uh, you know take on a grueling task, which is the Bike for High Ride, and be there August 3rd and 4th, take two days of their busy lives, and uh, and do all this for the cause? It's really a, a beautiful thing. I think it's. Uh, I think it just shows the the wonderful power of Israel that we all come together like this for to support so many things and to support something like this is unbelievable. How did you first get involved in the ride? I know I read the uh, the bio just now in terms of uh, uh, you know you you being um, uh, you being there at the uh, event the night before. Uh, it took off before the starting line, um, you know, ceremony early in the morning. Um, at, at what point did you decide you have to be part of this? Right. So in in 2012, they asked me to come and speak to the riders and inspire them to, you know, to you know make it up those hills. Just you know, you know who you're riding for and all that, and try to you know inspire them to to make it through this ter- you know incredible ride. And and I just was standing up there on the at the podium, like speaking to them. And I just I was like, you know, I I should really do this. And you know, and as crazy as it sounded, you know, I would have to do it on a hand cycle and all the differences and all the things. I just I decided I had to do it, and and I and I decided to become a part of it. What's it like? What's it like being in that group as you're riding? It's crazy. It's unbelievable. It's the 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 achdus and the camaraderie that we all have for each other, and we push each other up the hills, and we and we really get each other going. It, it's 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 an unbelievable feeling. What's the plan for next week? Are you is it, is this the year that you're planning on finishing the whole thing? I hope so. I mean, you know, every every year it's been uh, trying to build up my goal. Last year, I I thank God I was able to ride 140, and God willing, uh, we're gonna go. To, all the way to the end this year. Bike for Chai, the world's greatest finish line, happens next week. It's Wednesday morning through Thursday late afternoon. Two days, 180 miles through Connecticut, New Jersey, and New York. And uh, it supports the 5,000 families served by Chai Lifeline each year and the 430 youngsters who get the summer of a lifetime 
at Camp Simcha. Can you believe that they've already gotten to almost $5.1 million in this fundraising effort? I mean, I've been part of Mike for Five for uh, four years now, so I can believe it. But it, it's really, it's really unbelievable. It really is. You know, it's from from the outside, it's crazy. But I can understand how we do it. You know, the the amount of fundraising that goes on and the efforts that every rider, there's 500 riders, every, every, you know, every rider puts into it. It's really amazing, an amazing, amazing feat. It seems to us that they're shattering their record each and every year. That they will top anything they've done in the past next week. Yeah, I mean that's. Yeah, that's their goal as well. They, you know, and even in in their support of of kids, they every everything they do just gets better and better and better. The uh, funds so far are five million ninety seven thousand and change. Everybody out there can make a difference by going to the Bike for High website. That's bike number four high dot com website, and you could sponsor a rider. You could uh, be part of a. You could sponsor a team if you wish. You can uh, help some of the teams get to some lofty goals, which you'll see there online. And you can participate in what's going to be an amazing ride and an incredible fundraising effort um, that started years ago and has built up to this point. J.J. Isaac is just one of the people out there that has benefited from both the services of High Lifeline and the uh, Camp Simcha and the incredible Bike for High effort. J.J., we wish you the best of luck. We hope to see you next week. And uh, I hope the 180 miles, uh, uh, you're able to complete them and complete them uh you know, in as easy a fashion as possible. I hope so, yes. Thank you. <laughs> a we'll pleasure. J.J. Isaac here at JM in the AM. And again, the website is bikeforchai.com, bikenumber4chai.com. We look forward to being there at the starting line on uh, Wednesday morning. We look forward to being at the finish line on Thursday afternoon, which I hope everybody will tune in uh, to hear. And you'll be able to uh, get a taste of what Bike for Chai is all about as hundreds of We'll gather together up in Connecticut to start the race and get set for uh, two amazing days. And that finish line is simply remarkable. You'll be able to hear it and see it courtesy of us on our website. Quarter before 8 o'clock on this Tuesday with 73 degrees, sunshine, and a high temperature of 95 on this Tuesday as we continue at 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, around the world on the web, jmnam.org, and of course, on the NSN app.
Bye, Mita. 
Tuesday on this uh, three weeks uh, format Tuesday. Good to be back in the studios of WFMU here in Jersey City. That is uh, Donnie Gross and company with Hine off of uh, Kumsitz in the Rain. Ellie Gerstner from a Hasidish a cappella with Hillel Omer. You heard the Y Stuns in there with Hashem Melech off of Days of New. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial broadcasting live. In the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmdm.org, and of course on the NSN app. This hour we'll have a chance to uh, speak to Mrs. Ruth Lichtenstein. Project Witness has a brand new event that's going to be happening next week. We'll brief you on that. Plus plenty more between now and 9 o'clock. Amazing uh, three weeks programming on our stream all day long at jmdm.org and of course on the NSN app to make sure you keep that on all through the day as we uh, keep you going even in a three weeks acapella format at jmdm and jmdm.org. Plenty more coming up. Keep it right here at jmdm. Yeah. 
J.M. and the A.M. three weeks format Tuesday. My thanks to everybody who uh, made our journey to Israel such an amazing success. All our incredible hosts in the Holy Land and uh, all the wonderful people from our own staff, both J.M. and the A.M. and the Nahum Siegel Network who came through uh, to make it as easy a uh, a broadcasting week as possible. One of the people, and we've been mentioning this for uh, quite a while now, one of the people who really came through for us was Josh Melman, our friends at Travel Cell, who again made sure to keep us connected to family, friends, and staff here in the United States while we were in Israel. If you go to TravelCell.com, TravelCell.com, or dial 877-235-5746, you have an opportunity to uh, get the same type of service that we got, and not just for Israel, but for a zillion other countries that they service as well. Josh Melman, TravelCell, welcome back to JM in the AM. Welcome back, Nachum. Good morning, Nachum. Good morning, all the listeners. It's a pleasure to speak to you on your uh, first official day back. Yeah, I appreciate and, that. And uh, we're excited that you had a wonderful trip, and we're excited to be a part of it. I appreciate that. We had a great trip. It was uh, it was pretty insane landing last night, and five minutes later there was this incredible opening of the skies and a flash flood storm that uh, had not experienced in quite a while. What a greeting. But it is good uh, to be back. Nachum, you don't understand. Nachum, that we prepared that special as a greeting for you. As a big welcome uh, splash, as they say. Well, I heard your neighborhood was one of the hardest hit. That's what I heard. So, yes, yes, uh, Flappish was a uh, very, very hard hit in a number of places. A lot of floods and in basements and, uh, and on streets. But you know what? If that's what it takes to welcome Nachum back from Israel, that's what it takes. Yeah, I guess. Anyway, so we had the opportunity to uh, utilize your services, and you came through with flying colors for us. Uh, uh, tell us what goes on when someone goes to Israel or all the other countries that you list on your website. I assume just like we had the smartphones, the uh, the iPhones, the SIM cards, uh, the international MiFi, I assume that that is available uh, no matter where people are heading, right? Exactly, right. TravelSell has been in business now for almost 20 years, and we've been providing excellent uh, low Price service, but excellent service on for data, for uh, internet, for phone service worldwide. And of course, we have a special place in our heart in Ferret Israel, and that's the place that we got started and that we built up a tremendous loyal uh, fellowship. And we're, we're offering the same service all over the world. We have many people, believe it or not, are traveling to Europe this summer. And people going to Asia on business and for vacations. And Australia, we have many people in Australia, and they also offer the same exact service that you got for Israel, whether it be an iPhone, an iPad, the actual device, or an Android, or a SIM card to put in your own device. Therefore, you keep your own number. We have U.S. numbered unlimited service. We have a great array of services, more than we've ever had before. Josh. And all at, rate, at low rate prices, yes. Josh Melman with us, Travel Cell. You can go to TravelCell.com. You can dial 718-382-6500, 718-382-6500, or 877-CELL-PHONE, 877-235-5746. Now, it's obvious, and I think we mentioned this a few times last mm-hmm. week, it's obvious why we need the MiFi device and why it's so valuable for us who are desperate at times for high-speed Internet, and obviously a lot of uploading is going on and we need it. Uh, the average traveler takes advantage of that service of the MiFi device? Many travelers do, you know, especially while you were traveling with a number of people and a number of devices, and the MiFi is an excellent way it creates. For those who are not familiar what MiFi is, it's basically a Wi-Fi, an Internet hotspot, that then enables any 
uh, customer, any of, of your party or your friends or family are traveling with you to all hook into the same device and have high-speed internet no matter where you are. It's an amazing uh, technology that enables you literally as if you're at home with your own internet connection, high-speed internet, and everyone could share it, many devices at the same time. And it's very popular both in Europe, in Asia, and, of course, in Eretz Yisrael. You know, Nachum, you know, you talk about um, with your trip in Eretz Yisrael, and we worked hard to make sure you have great service and all the right devices. We have an experienced, reliable staff that have been doing this for many, many years, and people call up just to ask advice. They have no clue, you know, what's the best thing for them, which devices they should take. Should they use their own number, their own device with a SIM card or our device? We have a great staff that really knows what they're doing and has, has been advising people for years. And I welcome anyone to call 877-CELL-PHONE, 877-235-5746. And Nachum will offer a special this morning, 15% off for the first 30 callers or those who log on to TravelCell.com and order any device for anywhere in the world. You get 15% off. And the promo code, of course, is Nachum. There you go. Hey, it's easy, right? It's, you know, by the way, Nachum, I have to tell you, it's a political season. I don't know if you know, but, you know, while you were in Israel, there was a Republican convention. You come back to making a Democratic convention. But I have to tell you that the rumor is that since both candidates, for the first time in history, live in the New York area, I heard a rumor that the both of them start their day with JMA. Oh, is that true? I wouldn't think otherwise. What? A lot of people traveling after Tishba for the second half of August to Israel. Anything special we should know about as we're in the middle of the summer? Yes. Uh, it's, uh, it, they should order now, not wait, because many people uh, tend to wait to the last minute, and they tend to, uh, then it gets very busy, and a lot of things are sold out. Even though we have a tremendous supply on hand, and we have as well in our office at Five, time, five Towns Judaica, uh, we have a, a tremendous supply there, as well as our office in Lakewood, and our office on Coney Island Avenue between Avenue P and Quentin Road, 1981 Coney. And we have a, a tremendous supply, but people should order now for their travel after Tisha because it's a very popular season, obviously, as you mentioned. People go for the last half of the summer. Israel and other places around the world, call 877-235-5746. That's 877-CELL-PHONE, or go to TravelCell.com and order. And think, uh, people will get excellent service. At, it happens to be now we have the lowest rates ever because we were able to take advantage of uh, different carriers that came on in the market in different parts of the world were able to pass that savings on to our customers. Well, there you go. On the entire list of countries that travel cell services on the website. Well, we thank you. You really did a, an amazing job for us. We were able to be in touch with family, friends, and staff because of travel cell. Those of you who want to rent smartphones for Israel or anywhere, iPhone SIM cards for Israel or anywhere, and of course the MyFi that we just discussed for Israel or anywhere, check it out. And if you are planning on traveling the last two weeks of August, as Josh just recommended, let them know as soon as possible because it seems everybody is traveling the last two weeks in August. Josh Melman, Travel Seller, is 877-CELL-PHONE, 877-CELL-PHONE, locally at area code 718-382-6500, and, of course, TravelCell.com. Thanks so much for your service and continued good luck. Have a wonderful summer. Thank you. Welcome back, Nachum, again. Great to speak to you. Be well. I greatly appreciate that. Josh Melman, Travel Cell, on this Tuesday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Acapella format Tuesday. A three weeks format as we call it. Good to be back from the uh, incredible week in the Holy Land. Thanks to everybody who made the journey to Israel so remarkable, including our friends in Nefesh Benefesh and Regavim and NCSY and Makar Chaim and the Inbal Hotel and everybody who made a uh, an incredible effort on our staff of uh, JMAM and the Nachum Siegel Network uh, to put together some amazing uh, programs and a great week of programming. Much appreciated. 27 minutes after 8 o'clock, Mrs. Ruth Lichtenstein is in our studio. You know her as the publisher of the uh, Hamodia newspaper, also the founder of a Project Witness, and Project Witness has announced their next event. Project Witness invites you to the world premiere of Daring to Rescue, an original riveting documentary of unknown stories of Jewish heroism during the Holocaust. It happens on Tuesday, August 2nd. That's a week from tonight at Gustavino's, which is located on East 59th Street in New York City. The buffet reception begins at 5.30. The program and the screening of Daring to Rescue starts at 7 p.m. There will be a Legacy Awards ceremony honoring Holocaust rescuers for their unfaltering heroism. There will be a guest speaker, the Chief Rabbi of Tel Aviv, Rabbi Israel Mayor Lau. And uh, information is available by going to the web at projectwitnesspremier.org, projectwitnesspremier.org, and uh, by dialing the number 718-WITNESS, 718-948-6377, We'll have a chance during this conversation to speak with the producer of the film as well here at JM in the AM. Mrs. Ruth Lichtenstein, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you very much. Good morning. Good morning. Nice to see you. You have another amazing film presentation. You've already put together, Project Witness has already put together full-length documentaries detailing many different aspects of the Holocaust. This time it's Daring to Rescue, a documentary of unknown stories of Jewish heroism during the Holocaust. What is the reason that Project Witness embarked on this project? We feel very strongly as that... uh, there are a lot of stories of the Holocaust, and part of them are about Jewish heroes and heroines that their stories uh, are not known, their heroism was not recognized, and as we started to look into it, we just were surprised to find more and more unknown stories. Of Jewish heroism. Of Jewish heroism of Jews who dare to risk their life or sacrifice their life to save their brethren. We thought at the beginnings that maybe we have, you know, like 10 stories, and right. we discovered that there are hundreds of names of Jewish heroes that will never be recognized. You and your staff traveled extensively to meet survivors who were able to tell you these stories. That must have been quite an experience. Indeed it was. I uh, suggest that uh, Guy Orman, our producer, should uh, share, you know, some of the stories of traveling uh, with you and the audience. Uh, 
Yes, there are some uh, good Jews, but uh, we have to remember that Holocaust survivors are leaving us, and therefore it just made our work yeah. harder. No question about that. The producer of Daring to Rescue, this original riveting documentary of unknown stories of Jewish heroism during the Holocaust, is in fact Guy Orman. Guy, welcome to JM in the AM. Good morning. How are you? What was the uh, first reaction when you were told about this project? What do you think? I said this is going to be very tough, and it's going to be a very hard project, which turned out to be very true, and it was definitely uh, the hardest one that we've ever, um, you know, we've, we've ever uh, produced. Um, what, what, what's the strategy? Once you're handed this project, and obviously the travel is part of it and meeting people is part of it, but what's the strategy? How do you go ahead and put together these stories that you're looking for and the types of things you want to convey to the audience? Well, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of research that has to get done, and we obviously collaborate a lot with Mrs. Lichtenstein and the entire staff at Project Witness and also working with various historians. You know, we, we make a list of different people to go interview and to look into, and we did travel to Israel and London and Switzerland and um, other places, um, and we go around and we, we find the right people to talk to, and then like Mrs. Lichtenstein said, once we spoke to one person, we found out about someone else, so it led to, uh, close, to uh, close to 100 interviews. Now, I know that uh, we don't want to give away or reveal too much of what people will see at the premiere, and hopefully they'll have a chance to actually you know, view it there and, or maybe subsequent to that. Uh, but, but can you give us some hints as to what we mean by heroism, what we mean by daring to rescue, you know, things that you discovered that surprised you throughout this whole project? Sure. You know, a lot of people know that there are righteous Gentiles who save Jews, and, and that's a beautiful thing, and it's a holy thing. But nobody really ever talks about the fact that Jews saved Jews. And, you know, what we did is we found there are stories about people of Jews who saved Jews that some people might know, and there are a lot of information that people really don't know about them, so we expanded on that. And we found other people, we, we um, focused on certain specific people who are just unknown to the Jewish world, and these are people who saved hundreds, thousands, it doesn't really matter how many they saved, because obviously six million were murdered. But the right. point is is that they tried, they did something, and they did something that nobody else did. Most people didn't do stuff. They didn't stand up against the tide. Guy Orman is with us. Daring to Rescue is the documentary. The premiere is Tuesday night, a week from tonight, a project of Project Witness at Gustavino's on East 59th Street in New York City. You're all invited. You can call 718-WITNESS for more information. Uh, are the stories similar to those that we've heard in the past, uh, using governmental connections, using, uh, in some cases, maybe, you know, uh, pr private households to either literally f hide people or to in some way, you know, gain their rescue through, uh, you know, official means? I would say that most of the stories we have in the film are not known. Some of it... Um, will you know some of it will touch on what you mentioned the governmental governmental health and sources and you know things like that but uh, even with those types of people um we really focused on 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 stories and personal anecdotes that people don't know and it's not known yeah i'm hampered by the uh inability to ask you for specific stories because obviously we want people to see the film but were there any that completely baffled you? Were there any that, you know, had you saying to yourself, my gosh, I can't believe this actually happened? 
Yes, I can tell you a story that's uh, it's not a problem. We we interviewed a survivor. His name is Alex Rosen, and he he lives in Paris, actually. But he came to London to meet us when we were filming there. And um, one of the people in our film that we're talking about who's a hero, his name is Rabbi Dr. Solomon Schoenfeld. Right. So some people might know him because he was involved in kinder transport. But after the war, he also went to Poland to look for hidden children for uh, two, three years. Um, and he brought over thousands of children. Um, and we actually interviewed Alex. There's a whole long story to Alex, how he was hidden by his father, by a non-Jewish person in Poland. And he survived there, and he was subsequently found by one Jew who then put him in contact with Rabbi Schoenfeld, who then brought him out of Poland. And now he, you know, he's, he has children. He, you know, was a rabbi. He was a rabbi, and, you know, still alive today. He's a young man. He was only born in 1942, in the middle of the war. Unbelievable. Uh, I'm told... I'm, oh. I apologize for that. We're waiting to be joined by Dovey Gross, who's going to join us, so we'll hopefully have that for you coming up. Daring to rescue. Feel their fear, see their courage, and recognize their challenge. That is what the uh, the uh, announcement says. It's untold stories of Jewish heroism during the Holocaust, and this Daring to Rescue film documentary is going to be shown for the very first time in its big premiere on Tuesday, August 2nd, at Gustavino's on East 59th Street in New York City. The uh, reception at 5.30, the program and screening at 7 p.m. We're speaking to Mrs. Ruth Lichtenstein, Project Witness. And uh, with us live via telephone, we have Guy Orman, who is the producer of the event. And I believe that Dovey Gross is now with us. Uh, Dovey Gross, are you here at JM in the AM? Yes, good morning. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Dovey and, and Cheryl Gross are part of the host committee, distinguished panel of people who are inviting everybody to be part of this uh, premiere, Daring to Rescue, happening on Tuesday August 2nd. Duvi, could you express why this documentary of unknown stories of Jewish heroism during the Holocaust is so vital, so important for our community? Uh, primarily the Project Witness um, idea was sprung upon because it needs to be for our future generations, our children, our grandchildren. There are, I, I noticed my children had no idea it seemed like it was something that happened, uh, you know, something that was in the ancient past, and the people who were living right around us are not, many of them are here, and there's so much that uh, can be learned um, from the experiences of Amuna and, and, uh, and certainly in this case heroism. So that was the uh, thrust of this year's um, need to do this program. Uh, what would you say to people in the community who are considering being there, supporting the cause, who are wondering about the Daring to Rescue documentary? What would you say? I'd say that uh, what's, what's uh, incredible that I had no knowledge of until most recently was that there has never been any recognition or award for any Jewish people who helped save thousands and tens of thousands of people during the Holocaust. Yad Vashem has its righteous Gentiles, which of course is incredibly admirable for mankind to learn from, but that there has never been recognition of the Rebmechol Ber Weizmandel, Rabbi Dr. Solomon Schoenfeld, and people of that Gizzi Fleischmann uh, ilk um, is really uh, mind-boggling, and we thought it was incredibly appropriate have this year. Speaking about Project Witness, the event a week from tonight, the premiere of Daring to Rescue, Mrs. Ruth Lichtenstein, the founder of Project Witness, is here in our studio. There'll be a Legacy Awards ceremony that night, 
which will honor Holocaust rescuers for their unfaltering heroism. Will some of those survivors be in attendance? You'll actually be yes. be presenting them live yes. right there. Yes, we have even um, one rescuer who survived, and uh, he's coming across the country from L.A., Wow. And uh, he is in his 90s, and uh, we hope to give him, you know, the award, among other people. And Rabbi Yisrael Mayor Lau is going to speak. How significant is that for you and the organization? Very much so. Uh, Rabbi Lau is uh, a very well-known survivor, and he is going to talk about the feelings of uh, being a survivor. He actually survived by his own brother, Naftali. Saved by him, right? And uh, saved by him. And um, he's going to talk uh, to give tribute also to um, the very famous Holocaust survivor, Eli Wiesel. And uh, we are looking forward to see him. Happens on Tuesday night, August 2nd, Augustavino's on East 59th Street in New York City. Daring to Rescue is the original riveting documentary of unknown stories of Jewish heroism during the Holocaust. Guy Orman is the producer of the uh, film. Guy, how satisfying was this once it was uh, completed? Very very satisfying. This was a tremendous amount of work that we started back in October. And it's been non-stop. Um, honestly, I could say it's been non-stop. And it was a tremendous amount of work, but we couldn't have done it without the tremendous team at you know within my company and also obviously with Project Witness and under the leadership of Mrs. Lipton. It could not have happened. Yeah, and Dovey Gross, who is representing the host committee uh, this morning here at JM and the AM, encouraging everybody to be there a week from tonight in New York City. Dovey, you made such an important point earlier that there are so many, especially in subsequent generations from ours, that are not familiar with what has gone on. It must be very satisfying for you to see this come to its completion, this project. I have to say I was most satisfied and gratified just a few days ago. A friend of mine, uh, Tolly friend, Gitty Friedman, sent me an email that they've been coming for the past couple of years. And this year they wanted to bring along six of their children hmm. who are grown um, because they felt that they were really uh, missing something and they didn't live through it and understand it. And so at this point there are many survivors who are starting to talk, but there are so few of them left. And, and us, the first generation of survivors certainly want to pass on that Masora and uh, and in this venue and this format it is having a tremendous impact uh, oh, worldwide. Phenomenal. Um, before we let you go, Mrs. Lichtenstein, you have a message for everybody, don't you? Yes, so in addition of thanking the very, very, very devoted staff, producer, his staff and uh, host committee, I think that we should all think for a minute. Uh, we have here a very clear message. Some of our heroes were not um, in a powerful position. They were not rich people. They were actually, some of them, under German occupation and literally sacrificed their life. At the same time, what we should learn in today's generation and for our future generation is that heroes are not born, they are made. Right. And that's what we are trying, the message that we are trying to give here. 
So we are looking forward to see you all, and thank you very, very much. A pleasure. Mr. Siegel. Mrs. Ruth Lichtenstein, Director of Project Witness. Guy, thank you much for joining us. We'll see you Tuesday night, okay. Bezrat Hashem. And Dubi Gross, thank you for joining us as well. Very welcome. Thank you. Daring to Rescue, the original riveting documentary of unknown stories of Jewish heroism during the Holocaust, premieres on Tuesday night, a week from tonight, August 2nd, at Gustavino's on East 59th Street in New York City. The buffet reception at 5.30. The program and screening starting at 7 p.m. There will be a Legacy Awards ceremony honoring Holocaust rescuers for their unfaltering heroism. And the guest speaker will be the great Rabbi Yisrael Mayer Lau. Information about all of this, go to Project Witness Premier. Dot org. That's projectwitnesspremier.org or dial 718-WITNESS, 718-WITNESS, that's 718-948-6377, 718-948-6377. You are listening to a Tuesday morning, JM in the AM, a cappella style, uh, during this uh, three weeks format here at JM in the AM. Amen.
Animamin. Three weeks format Tuesday, 73 degrees, sunshine, and a high temperature of 95 here at JM in the AM. Big hello to our friends up in Guilford, New York at Camp Missora, who are enjoying 66 degrees as they wake up up there. Bike for Chai is a week from today, which means that uh, we get to Connecticut a week from today, and then Wednesday morning, broadcast from the start line of Bike for Chai. Thursday afternoon, we'll be uh, presenting a web-only show from the finish line of Bike for Chai. So make sure to be tuned in. Uh, Bikeforchai.com is all the information about the uh, incredible fundraising effort that's going on for the organization, for the camp. They are a hundred bucks away from $5.1 million. You can check it out, Bikeforchai.com. Bikeforchai.com for all the information. It's pretty incredible. 73 degrees, sunshine, a high of 95. It's Tuesday at JM in the AM. Uh, I want to thank everybody yesterday, uh, including uh, Benjamin Siegel and Mayor Fertig, who came through big time yesterday as we aired our show from Akar Chaim in, uh, in the Gush. Much appreciated. Uh, in general, our entire staff with an amazing job throughout the entire week as we did some really special programming and some great shows. I want to thank Miriam L. Wallach. I want to thank uh, ZK. Zalman Kopel, our chief engineer. I want to thank um, Jamie Turkel, Elon Katz, uh, Yoni Pollock of Rummy Finkelstein, 
everybody who had a role in everything we did. Stan, of course, who was so instrumental engineering on this end. Much appreciated. And, of course, Egal Siegel, um, such an important figure in the Anachem Siegel Network uh, based in Jerusalem. So a real a team effort that brought an incredible uh, array of programming. Special mention to Matis, who really helped to coordinate things, uh, not just last week, where he helped a tremendous amount, but Matis Weingast helped a tremendous amount specifically for yesterday's show as well. We also owe Matis a big Mazel Tov on the 200th episode of JM Sunday. Mazel Tov to him from all of us here at JM in the AM. That happened this past Sunday, and we were observing Shiva Serbatamos. Nine minutes before nine o'clock, and uh, of course, uh, three weeks format throughout the entire day on our stream at jmnam.org, so make sure to be tuned in for that. I certainly hope you will. This is Yehuda Solomon with the Kalbach Vishamru, in the mood to hear it a cappella style. Here he is at JM in the AM. <laughs>
Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 FM on the FM dial. <laughs> Broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jamnam.org, and of course on the uh, NSN app. Make sure to listen to that NSN app all through the day for amazing programming on our stream all day long. I don't think uh, ZK is going to be conducting a live lunch today, but of course there will be acapella selections all through the day for you on jamnam.org and on the NSN app, so make sure to be tuned in. Have a fabulous Tuesday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.